I'm a piano, piano. It's a big vibe, but the girls them know. Steadily, steadily, heavily. I'm a piano, piano. It's a big vibe, but the girls them know. They see me coming, them they shout hallelujah. Every day, every day, like a new year. Overseas, they won't chop me like suya. I'm on a no video, but this doing ya. Tired so greasy, oh, greasy, oh. They dance like Chris Brizio, oh, easy, oh. I'm on my wrist, did they cold, did they freeze, oh. Them know they call me Mr. Money for no reason, oh. I see they go, I'm a piano. We go show, we go let them know. Now we they run the town and any show. We got that any woe, song got that any foe. Bad man flows, put them on their toes. On the low, they got them know. Come on, dancing along. Colorado, fast me the party to go. Piano, piano, it's a big vibe, but the girls them know. Steadily, steadily, heavily. I'm a piano, piano, it's a big vibe, but the girls them know. Switch it up, Dan. I know you know the words this already. Have you seen the video yet? Demand them too inconsiderate Five star hotel smoking cigarette Mixing codeine up with a Finnegan She got thick but she wanna get Finnegan Drinking apple cider I've not heard Finnegan since I lived with my mother <laughs> I, pr- I prefer I pr- Honestly I prefer Munya's version So Munya Chihuahua I started off with I'm a Phil, piano on, on, For a number of mm-hmm. reasons One was Obviously I was listening because it's a new song And then So Little industry fact um, Asake's last album Mr. Money with the vibe was depending on what you classify that genre as he classifies it as I'm a piano. That is the biggest I'm a piano album ever. Um, for those of you that might know. I had two I had two follow-up questions to that song. But yeah, go on. So that was interesting for one reason, obviously. The other is if you were around for like the clubhouse days when like I'm a piano was really taking off, there was a massive discussion about like the ownership of I mean, you might even remember. Um, there was a time on this podcast we, we cussed out someone for trying to dub the term Afro piano and how South Africans w- w- were trying to control the narrative. But they weren't touring as much. Obviously, since then, they've done a really good job. Acts like Durban Gogo, Uncle Waffles, Maporisa, Scorpion Kings, Focalistics. They've really done a good job in touring and, and exporting the sound. But there's still a, a ways to go behind the, the Nigerian brethren because they've been doing a lot of good things. and. Coupled with that, coupled with the fact that Asake technically, technically, to the untrained ear, is the biggest Ama Piano act in the world. And then he drops a song called Ama Piano as the second single of his new album. To me, I was just like, where's the smoke? Like, I don't, like, Ama Piano acts are too, are too meek. They're too quiet. They're too humble. Dan, if I, if I, like copied Zim Danzo, but I don't make Zim Danzo. Like I'm from like Kenya. And then my first song for my new album, after I've squashed all the Zim Danzo numbers, is Zim Danzo number one. Surely a Zim Danzo act would be like, ah, but Blas, what did you it up? My guy, my guy. These, 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 were my two, these were my two follow-up questions after you played that song. I was like, number one, do you think it's happened yet that a major publication has called Amapiano a Nigerian genre. Of course, yeah. Definitely has happened. Yep. Second follow-up question. Do you think that South Africa as a whole has made more money on Amapiano than Nigeria? Not, not even close. 
Dan, I've seen I've seen the numbers for Asake. You know what? Actually, by 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 term in terms of sheer volume, I mean as a whole, yeah, no, as a whole, no, in terms of sheer volume, yes, they have. But in terms of like, like when the heavy hitters drop and the numbers that the heavy hitters produce, Asake is killing it right now. Asake is killing it. What I mean, what I mean is if if from now mid June twenty twenty three going back to mid June twenty twenty two, all the money made on Amapiano, whether it's streaming. Um, royalties, live performances, if it was all put together and then apportioned to countries, would South Africa be at number one? That's my follow-up question. Mm, you know what? I've actually got the data, but it'll take me too long to find it, but I've got this data. I, I've got the reports. I'll just have to do some number crunching. The fact that we're, the fact that we actually have to think about it. Dan, I don't think you understand how much of a behemoth Nigerian music is. Nigerian music is that's insane. The, no, but it's the, the point is it's not Nigerian music. <laughs> no, but the sound. So what I'm saying is so like the advantage, and it, it's it's a conversation I've been having with a few people for a while. Is people always re- re- refer back to the size of the Nigerian population as to the success. That's one factor, but what they forget about is when Afrobeats started taking off. You had people in the diaspora building networks, <laughs> right? So you had Nigerians in London trying to connect with Nigerians back home. You had Nigerians in the in, in America trying to connect with the Nigerians back home. And first of all, they're like they were just doing file sharing. Then they started building publications. Then they started building distribution channels. Then they started building um, promotion and, and touring channels. And that is where Nigerians are far and ahead above and ahead of everyone to the point where now they've surpassed their local rather um, national distribution. And by that, I mean like the national South Nigerian nationals in America, they've surpassed that. And now they're tapping into live nation. You're seeing Burner Boy and Davido performing at stadiums, arenas across North America, across Europe, I'm a piano accent there yet. And it's going to take some time to catch up. Like, they're doing well right now hopping on the festival circuit. The festival circuit is going to be a good, like, injection boost into that. But for, like, if Uncle Waffles were to do a headline show, do you think she's going to do Royal Albert Hall by herself? Maybe. I don't know. But it's kind of iffy. Burner Boy, Kid. Asake, Asake's performance in London was so crazy. Someone died because of a stampede. And may, may that person rest in peace, but that's insane. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's where Nigeria has everyone beat. Just like that sheer level of network. And now they, they're tapping into media. Fam, um, you joke about it, but like on American podcasts, I've been hearing an Afrobeat song at least once a week, every week for the past three months. If it's not Arya Star, they're playing Omalay. Maybe sometimes they'll switch and they'll, they'll drop in Libyanka, not realizing she's Cameroonian. But, man, look at the BT. We'll talk about it later in the show, but the BT nomination, it's crazy. So, I don't know, to answer your question, because I got sidetracked, but ultimately, um, I think the Nigerian industry, the numbers that they do are insane. Like, they're insane. So uh, the reason I asked that question, obviously, is because 
because of those conversations we had all that time back about who really owns a genre. I still don't believe a country owns a genre. I think that's, that's the nature of art. Whoever comes up with the art first obviously has the head start and has bragging rights and to a certain extent can protect certain parts of it. But creating a, a, a form of art means other artists from all over the world are also going to want to replicate or create their own version or their own interpretation. Sometimes even just straight up copy it. I don't blame Nigeria at all. They jumped on a wave. I blame South Africa for not going far enough with that wave that Nigeria was just a supporting act. I'm going to be so mad in a year's time when Nigeria is hosting the Ama Piano Awards. <laughs> And I don't think they'll go that far. And they're gonna I, don't, do, I don't think they'll go that far. <laughs> they'll do best best foreign act from from South Africa. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, that'd be crazy. Uh, no, I don't think it's gonna go that far, but that would be hilarious. I would love for them to do that. All right, all right, all right, all right. Listen, let's uh, let's 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 start let's start the show, Philip. Let's start the show. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So, um, I have to ask Philip, are you good to go? Sound of the Indeed. Let me hear a drum Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. My name's Danny that guy, aka Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denford Wekumaraini, aka Denimbi My Life Your Entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Someone feed me two kgs of sadza, three liters of lacto, um, two kgs of bacon, etc. etc. aka Akuna Mumedidanbu. That's right, that's right. And here with unmistakable, the irrefutable, the unquestionable. That you will not catch me indigestible after eating all that food. But Phil Child, aka Flame Floss, the big boss, baby. Can pizza be. Aka Sex into Lovu, aka Filthy Phil, aka DJ Karate. And of course, we're back. And we got Dan outside. Uh, how was your weekend, Dan? In fact, let's just start there. I'm, I'm excited. You know how many people are hitting me up like, God, Dan is in the club. Wow. Wow! 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 <laughs> Look, we had we had to have a crisis meeting in the home, eh? <laughs> Why? Let's sit down. Have a. We had our first family meeting. Why? Why did you have like, a crisis meeting? Like, listen, <laughs> listen. We can't be we can't be going out like this. We're off the streets. So Dad, let's stay you the left. Ho- you left the club at midnight, as it was as it was picking up. You left. Oh, you left uh, me at that table oh, okay. to, to fend for myself. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This time for real, for real, y'all ain't gonna see. Me. I think maybe after six months or no, so, okay, you know, in the no, matter no, my no, feeling no, okay, a little listen, bit feisty. Okay, jokes aside, but did you guys not have fun? Was it not fun? No, I mean, you know what? Okay, okay, let's let me 
phenomenon. You know what always happens with things like going out to the club? Mm. This is literally how it always happens. It starts off, it's like a dope vibe. Oh, snap, this is dope. You know what I mean? Music is good. See some people you haven't seen in a long time. Hey, what up, what up? No, no, no. We had our little corner there with our bottle like, but we were chilling with a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That being me. And as time goes along, mm. you know, place starts getting full. You know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people pressing in around you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negative energy in general that starts to, I think from around about midnight, it just starts increasing. You know what I mean? Like negative vibes mm. just start. At least that's my, that's the experience. I, I just see angry people, unhappy people, people thinking about cheating, people realizing they're being cheated on. You know, it's just, it's just a lot of negative vibes <laughs> in the space. And it's, before you know it, you're like, I now remember why I don't like coming here. It's just, it's just too much. Especially when it gets to the point where people are now pressing in on you. But no, but that's why you have the section. Then, because when people are pressing on you, you just sit on the couch and you got your own space. Philip, we were in the section and we were, because the other couch was where the rappers were or whatever. And I don't know if you recall, but there were about 75 people on one couch. <laughs> Dad, you're so negative, man. I had a great time. Actually, to be fair, that was the most fun I've had in a while. I was actually going on a couch. This is the most fun I've had since like my 20s. It's like I had a great time. It was fun. <laughs> what time did you go? <laughs> what, what do you mean the most fun? <laughs> what time did you go? Home? <laughs> uh, I think I got home at like 9 a.m. 9 a.m. You see, now. <laughs> you see, you sent me a message. Uh, you sent me a message like one-ish saying, yo, did you get home safe? Uh, we were already asleep by then. <laughs> so I saw it in the morning. <laughs> I saw it in the morning. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got home all good. Shop. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm still out. I'm like, what? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you see, and anyway, um, two takeaways. Number one, mm, people that I thought have been friends of mine for years. Actually, turns out that they're my wife's friends, even though they just met her. <laughs> um... <laughs> But that I'm speaking about, I'm speaking to you specifically, Gemma. Whose friend are you? Actually. <laughs> ah, Gemma. Gemma, shout out to Gemma for being the easiest launch pad ever. <laughs> Before I even finish the sentence, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I made a huge mistake because Phil was trying to say, Phil was saying, let's go to the club. And I was like, in my head, I was thinking, there's no way Gemma will agree. So let me just say, little, little I just said, if you can know. persuade Gemma. Little did Dan know. <laughs> Before I even finish it, I said, yo, Gemma, do you want to go to the, Yes. <laughs> but shout out to um, shout out to Sun, shout out to uh, Denim Woods, um, doing their performances. You know, I'm always worried about performances like in that kind of environment. But you know, it actually like it actually popped off. It was dope. And who was the other guy? I've never heard of him. The other guy who performed, uh, Mikey J. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, no, he's, he's got a song that I've heard a couple of times. He, he's he's pretty decent. Hmm. Need to check him out. No, man. Shout out, I mean, shout out to Zulu, man. Shout out to Zulu. Zulu knows how to throw a party. Like, I just need to, to fine-tune him a little bit. Just, you know, rough, rough around the edges, you know. Sure, I'm out of uh, doing activation, right? But nah, man, that was a great time. I had a great party. Hmm. Well, anyway, let's uh, take t- this time to start off the, Wait, are, are the you podcast done? with some positive vibes. <laughs> so, let's hear that. So, after, after two weeks to- in a row out, out and about, are you saying, like, like so there, there's no redeeming... 
There's no redeeming items. Okay. How real do you want me to get? Dead. That's what the listeners are here for. Any resemblance to any characters known alive or dead is purely coincidental. Mm-hmm. Let's be see. Let's like let's be real, real. Okay. While I know that on the surface, there's probably many different reasons people go to the club, have fun, listen to music, dance. No, 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 no. I think at its base, the real reason why people go to the club is to socialize. Yeah, standard. Right. So if that's the basis of why I'm going to the web is to socialize. I look at the people around me. I'm just like, man, I, I don't really want to socialize with you guys. I don't. <laughs> you busted. I'm trying to elevate. I'm trying mm. to grow. I'm trying to expand my mind. I'm trying to be a better person today than I was yesterday. And the more time I spend with you, 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 and you, the people that were, that were I was seeing there in general and that you would generally see, the less I can feel myself growing. In fact, the opposite direction. Not only that, I look at people's faces and I see an almost miserable desperation for escape. That's why you're here. It's the same face. It's the same faces that I saw 10, 15 years ago when I used to frequent. Some of the same faces. And it's just the same vibe. And I've just, it just, it's depressing. Like over and above the euphoria of the loud music and the drinks, and the sexy ladies, and the, the, the what swag, Wait, the what? whatever. What was that? The, the what now? I know, I know. Me and my missus were like, what do you think of that one? What do you think of that one? It's, it's all good. It's all good over here. You Just be respectful. That's there were some yams out anyway, there. Anyway, my point some yams is, up in there. There were some yams. Look, eh? Look. Uh, I'm just saying. There's some yams up in there. <laughs> I'm just saying. My wife was saying like, yeah, I went to Kiki Badass's Instagram, huh? I was like, serious? Huh. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> My point is, th- that's why I was trying to say that the vibes feel negative to me. It just feels so depressing. Like, it feels like you're... At first, it feels like we're all here to have fun. And then it starts feeling like we're actually all here to escape and we're all really depressed and sad. That's the feeling that I get. And I'm just like, yo, why am I here again? I now remember why I didn't like it. So, you asked me to get real and... It's interesting. You know what? I honestly... To be fair, I, I agree with you that there's a, there's a lot of... There's a facetious air like when you go to the club. You know what I mean? Like everyone's there to like put airs and graces or to just present themselves in a certain way. So I, I definitely agree with you. And I think that's why I, I, I stopped going to the club. But now that I have to be there, I've just realized, screw that. Let me ignore that. Let me just focus on me. So I'm just there... Scoping it out, like okay, this is what this is what's working in the club. This, these are the sounds that are resonating. Oh, I haven't seen this person in a while. Oh, oh, snap! I need to talk to that person about this. Let me let me hit them up. Let me get their number. And sometimes you are going to have those people that are going to be in you. You're trying to build in the club for twenty minutes. And you're like ah, but my guy. But at that point, like after five minutes, I just tune out. Like I stop listening. And the thing is, the the great thing is they're usually drunk. So if you're not paying attention, they won't even notice. But then, yeah, look, I get it. 
And also what you're saying, you're there for work reasons. You've actually got deliverables. At the same time, you're also trying to keep an eye on the streets. Great. Mm. Excellent for you to leave at 1 a.m. latest. What are you still doing there at 9 a.m., Philip? 1 a.m. latest? Damn, that's when you're still picking up. By that time, I think you, you left before Vaults performed. I think I left before Vaults arrived. <laughs> you see my point there. <laughs> but no, I get that. Don't get me wrong. If you enjoy going out and nightlife and all of that, I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't enjoy it. I'm just saying I realized why I personally, at some point I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, this is, it feels very oppressive. Mm. The energy feels very oppressive. And you know me, Phil. I'm a very outgoing person. I like to meet people. I like to build relationships and networks and all of that. So I, I get what you're talking about. I would happily do that at cocktail nights and, you know, mm. when, I'm, when I know I'm home by no, 10 or 11. No, but you're there at a radio station now, Dan. You've got to be, out, you've got to be touching the streets, Dan. Wasn't it also fun to, to see, your, to see your, your, your subordinates in the bar? No, that's when I knew we. I saw I saw our intern <laughs> in the bar. And I was like, "Man, we really need a lot more places, man. No. We need to be going to different but places." You know, actually something else. You, you need to be going to yours. Do you know? And it was actually it was, it was a weird and funny moment for me. I, and I realized, yo, the last time Dad and I were in the club, we weren't at table level. Now we're going to the club regularly. It's about table level. You know, it's a nice. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. How do you think like does, doesn't that feel different? Doesn't it feel better? Like before, like we'd konde konde and get a six pack of beers. Now we're like, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you're right. That, that is different, and I think it's it's somewhere it's somewhere in between the over you know over ostentatious balling, just buying a bunch of bottles so that we can have the sparklers coming through and the whatevers. Oh no, I deliberately tell them never never bring me my bottles with sparklers. I never want to see that. Yeah. So obviously not. That that ostentatious, but it's nice to be like. We have somewhere to sit. We have somewhere you can put down your drinks. You're not going to the bar over and over again when your drink finishes or whatever. Even though my wife kept on doing that because she was trying to make homemade cocktails. Anyway, <laughs> you're such a you're so negative. No, I mean no. It was it was it was cute. You know, it was like a, it was like a wait. What if I mix this and this? Okay, let me go get this and get. I'm like babes. <laughs> Nah, man, I had a good time, man. Looked up a lot of people, man. It was good to see people. Like, that's the most people I've seen. It was a, it, 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 it was a good time at first. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying eventually we got to the stage where I remembered why I don't like being here. Mm-hmm. But you left before things really so no, no. Up. So, anyway, it's fine. I, I am so glad about that, especially when you started telling me about these other stories that started happening. But anyway, I know, but those, those are actually, just, they were just funny. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story of my, it's, it's, it's just funny. Like just like <laughs> anyway, let's move on. All right, all right. Zimbabweans doing it big. Hey, let's start off with Zimbabweans doing it big, celebrating Zimbabweans across the globe doing their thing, and we expand it to Africans as well sometimes. So, uh, shout out to our producer who who uh, let us know that we can shout out Learn More Jonasi, aka Long John, or rather formerly known as Long Guys, John. I, I love Long we'll, John, but uh, is he paying us? It's too much now. Is, is he paying us? Because hey, at this point he, he has to be paying us. If he's doing, if he's doing big things, we give him his shout out. I we think he's overtaking. I think he's overtaking Munya Chawawa right now. No ways. Has he overtaken taps? That's what he <laughs> <does>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Long John, formerly known as Long John, rather, Learn More Janassi has emerged victorious, capturing the esteemed Audience Choice Awards at the Jersey City Comedy Festival that was held on June the 10th, 2023. Congratulations to you, Learn More Janassi. Secondly, want to give a big shout out to someone who's been featured. I, don't, I think he must have started working on a PR campaign or something because he just started popping up in all these different news spaces and blogs and so on. But uh, I am happy to give a shout out to Tafara Nyatsanza, uh, who has... Uh, Risen his star out there in Hollywood. He's a Zimbabwean actor. He's made a name for himself in uh, the, the movie Beast. You know, the Idris Elba movie. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw that post. I was, I was really dope. That was really dope. Did you watch that movie? It dropped yeah, like I haven't watched after, it yet. Right? Ha- no, no, no. It came out maybe half a year ago. Ah, my time. Maybe, maybe like towards the end of 2022 is when it came out. Uh, starring Idris Elba. It's a like semi-thriller horror style movie about surviving a lion attack type thing. And then um, he was also in Spell in 2020, another uh, movie called The Fix. He was born in Mutare. Um, M. Trey uh, all day, baby. M. Trey all day. Moved over to South Africa where he landed his first role as Tendaya Lab Technician in the Netflix series Blood and Water. Blood and Water. And then he auditioned for the American horror movie Spell which was uh, directed by British Zimbabwean director Mark Tonderai. Um, so, you know, my man's got the part. And, uh, yeah, and then from then, he's been in several things. Like uh, uh, I mentioned Spell. He was also in Bulletproof. He was also in The Fix, Hyperlink, and Beast, as well as Blood and Water, as I had already mentioned. But not only is an actor, he's also a musician and a songwriter. He goes by the stage name Tafara the Hug. Yeah, so he's got some music that's out. Uh, at the moment, I don't think nothing that's like a huge hit, but uh, it's it's nice to know that that uh, my man's is multi talented, not just acting but music. So huge shout out to Tafara Nyatsanza. And when you're watching that Idris Elba movie Beast, be aware that uh, my man's he, the role he plays in there. By the way, is Banji Banji in Beast. That's our very own Zimbabwean from M Trey Tafara Nyatsanza. Right, right, boys and girls. Um, let's follow up from a former uh, podcast. Um, yeah, can, you, can you read this tweet that I just saw that's on the camera? All right, let me see. It says, I hate people who want to go home immediately after Groove. Bruh, I want to go to Bloemfontein quickly. <laughs> see, Dan, it's, it's for you. Dan, you, you got to enjoy it. You got to let the room marinate. Bro. Come on. Guys. Come on now, Dan. Okay. Let me, before we go into what we're going to talk about, I think it's important for us to talk about um, your poor groove etiquette. After groove. No, after groove. Mm. Never, never, ever go to the second location. The second location is where the stories happen. That's what you always think. So let me, let me qualify that statement. If your first location is like a pre-drinks or can qualify as pre-drinks, understandable. If your destination finishes after midnight, that's it. You're good. You've had a great time. End on a high. Never go to the second location. If, if you're unsure and you're thinking, I just want you to remember there was that time that Dan was on the podcast and he said, don't go to the second. If your item finishes at one, two, three, whatever the time it is, never go to the second location. It will sound like a good idea at the time. With Henny cruising through the system, you're thinking, damn, we still got the baddies with us. We can't go home now. Go home. <laughs> Uncle Dan said. What, so what happens when, when all the baddies want to go with you? 
You take them home, guy. With you. Guys, okay, listen. I would like to believe that if you're listening to this podcast, you've reached a certain stage in your life that, um, you, you know, you're not somewhere in the crew. There's someone whose house y'all can go to. Grab a bottle, get to the house, put on some music, get some snacks, have a great time sharing stories. That's better than going to the second location. You kind of avoided my question, but okay. That's all I'm saying. What do you mean? I'm saying, what if you want to go home, but now there are people who want to go home with you? Yeah, then they, then you they might either you go now because I'm leaving, so let's go. Okay, you're not getting it. It's fine then. It's fine. You're married, man. No, okay. I get it. I get you, it. You, you get it. It's fine. It's cool. Anyway, so is doing it Phil, big. Who's doing Phil, it big Phil, right Phil, now? Okay, wait, Phil. Why are you marinating already marinated meat? <laughs> that sounds no, so no, Dan, objective. What, what I'm saying is, what I, what I'm saying here is, Antitika, Sometimes you want to continue good locations because it 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 allows you to to remove the wheat from the chaff, Antitika. Because yes, nyamaya marinate. But you you need to to understand what is some might be a lamb chop, some might be ribs, some might be chicken. Uh, you so might you have, you have you have a bag of chicken, mm. but there's a breast, there's a, a, a back, exactly. there's a rib, and you you and you're trying to just stay. You with might the, the be drumstick. a buffalo wing type of guy, and but you haven't fully ascertained where is that buffalo wing, and now. The, the whole bag of mixed portions is saying Iowa. We throw to Kiwa. But a man can only okay, Philip, eat so much. Again, I go, I, <laughs> I go back to my former point. If you're listening to this podcast, I'd like to believe that you've reached a stage in your life <laughs> where you can simply say what you want. You're no longer 18, all right? It's not a, I don't know what's going to happen. Hey, thank you so much. Me and... This uh, buffalo, buffalo wing, wing are going to take leave. <laughs> Me and buffalo wing are taking our leave. <laughs> you guys are all good, right? But call this guy. He's a taxi driver. I know very reliable. Ah, Dan, Dan, Dan. Okay, yeah, but granted, yeah, if you've been drinking, you sketch taxis. But for the most part, I mean, I think we've also moved on to level where one That's also another whole conversation. Anyway, let's not have it today. Then what? We'll What's so the conversation? Anyway, break, breaking about no. What, what's the, the culture in Zim of driving driving after Bauer? Yeah, hmm. I'm just saying the culture that exists in Zim of driving after Bauer. That's so yeah. it's so bad, man. Yeah, it is. It is it's so bad. It is. It is. Anyway, breaking 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 news, Philip. Just before we leave, the Zimbabweans doing it big. I know we had already left it, but just on the tail end of it, hmm. um, the Global Music Awards, South Africa. Nominees have come out. The global and guess music who's nominated? Awards. Dash. Yeah, well, I think they're being held in South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Okay. They, it's there the in our in our production group. So. Hmm. I mean, it should be Global Music Awards Africa, but it says Global Music Awards South Africa, third edition, best female Africa. Gemma Griffiths nominated representing Zimbabwe the only Zimbabwe nominated oh there's two Zimbabweans no, my bad Feli, Feli, Feli Nandi also nominated I, I don't mean I don't mean to be so you know I've, I've never heard of these awards in my life have you? I have not 
Well, well you know, it's that's... a third edition, so, you know, they're, they're coming up. But all the best to the nominees. Um, uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to Gemma, you know. Once again, the 2BT bump, Dan, does it stop? Does it stop? Does not stop. It doesn't stop. Does Global not. Music Awards. All right, look, do your thing. Look, just hang, just hanging out with Gemma and now she's nominated. Congratulations. And congratulations to Feli Nandi. Anyway, going back to our discussion, I just wanted to follow up from our last episode. You know, last episode, we spent some time, Phil, discussing... Uh, DJs, mm-hmm. Zim DJs. And uh, I asked our producer to just include in our talking points because I noticed that the conversation continued online. And I just wanted to go back to it very briefly because I thought I, thought I didn't fully cover my thoughts on it when, when I was listening back to our episode. If you'll recall, last week we discussed that um, some people felt a little bit disgruntled about uh, Zimbabwean DJs because they felt that they weren't really up to par with international DJs. And that mm-hmm. um, we then discussed what we thought was the cause of this. And we discussed how, first of all, places aren't paying. Second of all, the best DJs seem to have already relocated. But then I, I mean, I also discussed that I think the, the Zimbabwean audience is key. And I, I just wanted to come back to this point because I really want to emphasize that, Phil, have you ever been to a South African gig that is not playing house? Yeah. House or Amapiano. Are you telling me those DJs are better than, than Zim DJs? Because mm. I, I have questions. So, I, <laughs> I've... Mm. So here's, here's, here's the funny thing. Here's, here's, here's the funny thing. Um, when I first started going to South Africa and when I was living in South Africa, then when I started covering music in South Africa, South African DJs, in my experience, were worse than Zimbabwean DJs. The only DJs... That's the experience I had. Nah, the only... It got to a point, you know, like how people complain about like how one song is always played um, by Zim DJs and that's been like the running joke. I'll I'll go through my old tweets, but I actually had a list and I was like, these are the 20 songs. I guarantee every DJ will play in their set. And every time we'd go to a major event without fail, tick, 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 tick. And the only DJ... Outside of DJ Ready D, who's who's the god, is PH. PH is the only other DJ. I was like, okay, this guy takes his craft seriously. The other DJs, and this was this was mainly the hip hop. Um, this is these are all the DJs outside of house music. The house gigs, I don't think we could touch the house DJs in South Africa. They yeah. the, like those dudes are insane. House, I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Those guys do incredible things with the house music. So that's why I said outside of house. But yeah. So I kind of had that experience as well. Um, so anyway, my point is, I think, honestly, guys, let's be honest with ourselves. We are not a very savvy audience. No, we're not. And I don't think people realize we've, that. We've really been letting... We are not great as an audience. We're just... You know, even even at live shows, do you know what I mean? Sometimes we try, but eh, I sometimes I, I I want better for us. I want, I think I think sometimes even in Zim, standing too hard is is embarrassing. Standing at all is embarrassing, and I get it. Like for everyone though, like surely you're a fan of someone, like you know. Anyway, I just wanted to come back to this point just to really emphasize that I actually don't blame the DJs. I blame the audiences. 
Isus. That doesn't mean all DJs are good. I'm not saying that at all. I know there's some terrible DJs out there. I know there's some good DJs as well. I, I know some, one of the best DJs I know is not even that big on the club circuit, but this guy called DJ Joe, who sometimes DJs on ZFM. He's incre- like mixing and scratching and it's incredible. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't hear that DJs are bad when I hear some of these guys. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of people who are air quotes DJs. You just so happen to have learned a couple of weeks of virtual DJ and now you're at a, you know, yeah, a I, I, th- so, I think you, know. you, you actually very correct. And you know, there's one example that immediately springs to mind. In fact, it was almost a year ago to the date. I remember a year ago, we were at, an, at, a, at a very highly touted event at Gavas. And things were running a little late. And a quote-unquote DJ went on stage. And mm. this person was struggling through their set. And every transition, every song, there was a group of us, of people who knew it was, it was me. It was Crims, actually. It was me, you, Crims. And then a few other people mm. who knew. And every time the transitions would happen. I think Ray was there as well. I was trying to protect his identity, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. was there too. <laughs> and every time the transition, we just all look at each other. And we just were like, ah, but guys, reject it, rap. And the funny thing is, you remember, Dr. Nyarai, may, she, may her soul rest in peace, love her to death. And a, a yeah. lot of people as well. When we were talking about it, they were like, oh yeah, the DJ was fine. Yeah, he was fine. We had a great time. You know, we enjoyed it. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> how could you enjoy that nonsense? <laughs> by the way, by the way, um, <laughs> do you remember when you and I DJed at Choco Festival? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> we were not great. For- no, no we, we, were, we were not no, great. We were actually decent. We were we weren't bad. We it, it, now because that was like what? <laughs> ah, Philip, I was Philip. Be honest with yourself, Philip. No, that was what six years ago. I mean, it was no, yeah, dude. Like, it, yeah, like yeah, yeah. relatively speaking, no. Of course, we weren't DJs. We were, we were like MCs, but we did what we had to do. Like, we kept the crowd hype. We actually entertained the crowd. The crowd was enjoying it. It was a good time. It was only when um, Black Rotten <laughs> had to perform, and the crowd started turning. That's and then Silverstone had to come and cover for us. We realized, okay, yeah, this levels to this. I, I, I think we've told the story before, but for those of you who don't remember, what happened was, um, I think about six, seven years ago, Shogo Festival, Dad and I were emceeing the hip hop night. This was the night with Casper um, and all that. So the night, yeah. the, the previous night, we, we we noticed that there was a gap in programming and the MC was struggling to keep the crowd and things turned bad. So we were like, you know, screw it. Just in case we have to fill time Let's line up some performers and then let's line up a very loose set, a DJ set. And it wasn't going to be a long, a massive set. It just happened to be longer because of the delays. But it was just going to be like, maybe we play two songs, do a little bit of emceeing. Yeah. yeah. Stacks. Like, like the whole plan was, yeah, like Phil is saying, the whole plan was we were emceeing, but we recognized that we're not going to, we're not going to go up on stage and tell jokes for five minutes. You know what no. I mean? Like while we wait for the next act to come in. So our brilliant plan was, no, we're going to have a set list of songs that we play just to keep the crowd hype. While the people in the back are setting up, the band is setting up and doing sound check, wah, 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 what? Play for like five to 10 minutes, whatever songs we're playing. And then the next mm. act comes on, we introduce them, we move. Yeah. 
And I, we did a good job. We did a good job. And we called Versless. Versless came in there, filled in, did his beatbox thing. It was, it was lovely. You know what I mean? It, it's not like people walked away and like, yo, those guys' scratching skills are amazing. Because there were no scratching skills. We went on there. We played Man's Not Hot. <laughs> <laughs> All I do is win. You know what I mean? You know, we, we, just we, did, we did our thing. <laughs> then what happened was, for some reason, and I'm not sure why, um, Black Rotten, who's a legendary grime artist, was also born, and he was performing with Silverstein, was performing that night. He did not come with a DJ, and he just gave us a flash, and he's like, "No, guys, go through these items," and we're like, okay, "We can, but <laughs> we were we were also imagine if we hadn't if we hadn't said the whole if we hadn't said we'll DJ like if we had just stuck to MC. What was he gonna do? It was going to be a mess. Well, well, I guess Silverstone would have had to DJ anyway, but they wouldn't have. Had, I don't know if they would have had the controller. I don't know. Anyway, so now Silver, um, he starts DJing. Uh, right, he starts performing. Rather, we're DJing. We've never rehearsed with this individual before. We don't know. We don't know what points to drop the mic. Like the only point I knew it was on on so rotten. But I was like one of four people in the crowd who knew that song. So like, well, why is he so rotten? I drop it, and no one else would be singing. Oh, okay, you guys don't know this. <laughs> and <laughs> and also like. Because we haven't rehearsed with him, we've got the mic, but then we also don't know when do we put in our ad libs, when do we not? Because you know, you you also like I look at this person with reverence. I don't want to mess up his set. So we're trying to do the we're trying to do the least, but at the very uh, but also just do our job. Things start taking a turn because there's been delays, people are drunk, cans start being thrown. It was getting nasty. It's getting nasty. To his eternal credit. Um, Duran took it well and then he also had Silverstone hop on who's another artist if you guys know him and he started DJing and he immediately turned the jog off and he started scratching and he started picking up the pace and, and you, you, we could feel the energy and Dan and I looked at each other like ah yeah so, uh, honestly we, we did a, a good job but we were not good DJs no, of course, not. We, thought, we thought long and hard and we selected our set list beforehand mm-hmm. And we kind of stuck. Remember, we played Action Pack and then we played, yeah. uh, we had like we a, had, actually, had I think a, I have it saved a, we somewhere. Had a gr- we mapped it all out. It was beautiful. We stayed up the whole night before and we had the folders. It was, we did our job. But once again, Dad, we're not DJs. We were just there to be intermission. Which, also, I have to give props to us. You know what? Whenever we have a job, whenever we, guys, hire us for jobs. Hire us to MC Because we actually prepare and plan and look at possibility. Anyway. All right. There's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, Phil alluded to it earlier, but there's a huge story in the world of music. And not only are we your tech ombudsman, but we are also your music and entertainment ombudsman. Um, huge story involving the Grammy Awards. Phil, would you like to take the lead on this one? Uh, well, the Grammy Awards have announced new categories for the 2023 Grammys announced. That is Songwriter of the Year. Best video game soundtrack. Finally, EA Sports will be recognized. And best song for social change and more. And obviously, they're bearing the lead, which is the best African song category. So essentially, they've now realized that they they can't group world music, quote unquote, with African pop, which is essentially what it is because all the categories that are listed there um, in fact, let me pull them up. Sorry, give me a second, Journey Boy. But I mean, this is this on to me. This is actually worse, by the way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's 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 get through the story first of all. Oh, I was wondering why our producer put 
the the link to last year's news. <laughs> I was wondering why I couldn't find it. <laughs> That's last year. Oh gosh. Oh man. Anyway, hold on. <laughs> There we go. I found, so, okay. I found yesterday. Here we go. Three, yeah. three, three new categories, which is Best African Performance, Best Alternative, and Best Jazz Album. So those are the new albums. Obviously, the ones that we care about is Best African Music. So this, this will consist of a track and singles category that are recognized for recordings that utilize unique local expressions from across the African continent, highlighting regional melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic musical traditions. The category includes, but is not limited, Afrobeat. That's a very important one. Afrobeat. Afrofusion, Afropop, Afrobeats, Alte, Ama Piano, Bonga Flavor, Genge, Kizomba, Chimurenga, <laughs> High Life, Fuji, Kwasa, Ndombolo, Dokutambara, Rumba, Ere, Kanandombolo, Ndombolo, Maboka, Ghanaian Drill, Afro House, South African Hip Hop, and Etio. Jazz genres. So essentially what they said is that we need a genre for the African skrr skrrs. Here you guys go. Now shut up. But it's it's not for the African skrr skrrs. It's just best African music performance. And that's why I kind of have something against it. Um, it basically groups. It's the same problem that we had all along that all these genres and all the world are grouped together. And again, I completely understand there's no possible way that every single genre in the world can be recognized by one um, music, you know, uh, um, award ceremony. But I just think there's a better way of doing it. I don't know what it is yet. And it's not my job to think about it. I'm not on the academy. But you can't just say best African music performance and then just group every single African music uh, 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 genre and say, yeah, fight it out. Because now we're going to have, you know, Burner Boy competing against Ishmael Lowe. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Completely different. So, I don't think it's, it, it's certainly not a panacea, but it's better because at the very least, Burner Boy is not, is no longer competing with um, an Indian artist. He's no longer competing with a Korean act. He's no longer competing with some American act. They should ideally have, I, I mean, I mean, there's, there's only so many awards they can give out. But I think if they if they broke it down by continent, I think it's it's somewhat better. It, it it's 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 an improvement, but it's not great. It should be okay. How I see it, I would prefer best world pop, best world traditional, best world. So I don't mind. I mean, I do kind of mind, but I mind less an African competing against an Indian and an Asian and a and uh, South American and whatever the case is, but in a similar genre. So now we're looking at what's the best pop song globally outside of America and Europe, for example. Not ideal still, but I would prefer that to whole of Africa compete, whole of Asia compete. Mm. So yeah. I think, like I said, but once again, guys, we keep, we keep going back to the fact that the Grammys were not made for us. So they retrofitting everything just to try to yeah. accommodate and placate us. So ultimately, that's why we've got the Global Music Awards South Africa. They're, they're, they're here for us. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Gemma, shout out Ferdinandi. Um, 
So yeah, so uh, the, the the actual name of the category is Best African Music Performance. And like Phil mentioned, he said the, the things that they're going to be looking for. W- what's the difference between Afrobeat and Afrobeats? So Afrobeat is a traditional genre uh, pioneered by Fela Kuti, which incorporates jazz, um, elements of rock and roll, and a modification of Ghanaian high life, which is very different to Afro beats, which is what we now know as African pop music of today. Um, the mid-tempo, 70 to 90 BPM stuff from Nigeria. Once again, because people keep conflating the two, even the, the creation of Afro beat, Afro beats, the, the naming of it, I, I still hate it because it, they literally just bastardize the genre. But it, it, it's now become nomenclature, so it is what it is. But as you rightly mentioned, it's like you've got, essentially what you're going to have is in, in one genre, you could legitimately have, if you are still alive, for example, you could have Fela Kuti, his son, Sean Kuti, Thomas Papfumo, Tuku, if you're still alive, going up against Burner Boy, Casper, KO, and Diamond Platinums. That's a hodgepodge right there. So how do you even compare them to each other? How do you fairly rank one versus the other? It's going to be difficult. But I guess it's a step in one direction. And at least now, at least we know that there's an African artist guaranteed. Although, come to think of it, I can't wait till Ed Sheeran wins Best Afro Beats. And then um, Asake wins Best Ama Piano. <laughs> you joke, but that's around the corner. <laughs> Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Anyway, as they say, Let's talk about this liar right here. All right, this whole story, <laughs> like even the way it started, was just lies. Only fifty-six times. I was, doing, I, I was, doing, I was running numbers, but I was like, guys, I, 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 I'm a firm follower of the world's strongest man, the biggest feat in the world's right, strongest. Let's, man. let's, let, let, let's, let's say the story first before before opinions. All right. So, in case you don't know, this is something that's been happening like crazy. Uh, I mean, it's like been a big story, like crazy. And so, there's someone who calls himself the Ox Man. His name's Arnold Zikali. He he uh, brands himself as Zimbabwe's strongest man. So uh, basically, long story short, he claimed. I, I want to actually see what his claim was. What you said didn't didn't share. That no, he's, 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 uh, he he broke on, for me anyway. He broke onto the scene when he was he pulled what they termed a 56 ton train carriage. And that was his his, street, his his feet of strength. Which, granted, that carriage is heavy. Don't deny that. Pulling it, incredible feet of strength. However, I went and I looked, and I was like, mm, "But guys, I used to watch the strongest men. World's strongest men. They used to put they used to pull Boeings, and a Boeing is only twenty tons. So make it make sense. Maybe it was maybe it was full of uh, gold coins. <laughs> well, then it would be lighter. Then wouldn't it, Dan? <laughs> so um, he claimed that uh, he eats two loaves of bread, thirty eggs, fifteen boiled and fifteen fried, <laughs> one liter of juice, bacon, beans, poloni, and two liters of water every day for breakfast. For lunch, I eat two kgs of salsa. <laughs> Wait, that was two kgs of muriel. <laughs> 
2 kgs of Mario. <laughs> 2 kgs of Mario. Guys, do you know how much Mario? Do you know, do you know how much Mario? You need to make 2 kgs of Mario. Do you know how much dude they they are bringing Mario over in a Raptor. A Ford Raptor is delivering that Mario. <laughs> 6 pints of lacto, 1 liter of juice and 2 liters of water. First of all, who eats sadza, muriwa, and lacto? Let's be serious. I know it in the smells evening. great. <laughs> in the evening, I take two kgs of rice, two kgs of chicken, beans, one liter of juice, oh, yeah. six pints of lacto, two six liters of water, of and a variety of food. This way it gets better. This way, this, this way it's really good. This way it's really good. Hit us with the midnight snack then. Hit us with the midnight snack. What, what's the midnight snack? I actually don't have the midnight snack yet. Wait, what are you reading off of? I'm reading. I'm just reading an, uh, an article which talks about what his meal plan is. Oh, there was a breakdown. Let me bring it up. It was, there was the full breakdown in each metro that even has his midnight snack. And the midnight snack is where I was like, oh, okay, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let me bring it up. Sorry, give me a second. Doom, 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 doom. Midnight snack. There we go. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry, bring it up. So, Dan, you had gone as far as... So, dinner, you'd done the two kgs of rice, two kgs of chicken, one liter of juice, six pints of lacto beans, two liters of water. For midnight snack... Mm. Midnight snack, by the way, Dan. Midnight. This is midnight. He has one kg of sadza, one kg of muriwo, and here's the kicker, <laughs> two liters of coffee at midnight. <laughs> two liters... Okay. Of coffee. Got, okay. Here's here's my thing. Okay. You are claiming that for supper, you have two kgs of rice, two kgs of chicken, beans, six pints of lacto. What are you having the lacto with? The rice. The rice, chicken, and beans. That's what you're having the lacto with. At this, no, at this point, it's just a hard point. He's just, he's, just, he's just putting it all in a massive cauldron and he's just scooping it. He's not, he's not even chewing. You just scoop it into the mouth. Anyway, so by the way, this guy has been, he's been pushing for publicity for a while, by the way. His people got in touch. They wanted to be on radio. I was like, my man, as interesting as this sounds, you know, what are you, are you going to be on radio live eating? Like, do you know what I mean? Anyway. But um, DJ Ola interviewed him. Did you not hear the, did you not hear the insightful discussion yet, DJ Ola? Yeah, yeah. DJ Ola obviously interviews anyone that's trending. Um, the reason why he was trending is because H Metro heard these claims and H Metro called him and they were like, listen, we're going to buy you food and we're going to film you live eating it. So they filmed him um, and they posted this, uh, this video on Twitter. You can check the H Metro page. And uh, they basically challenged him to eat two kgs of sadza and right. two and a half this, kgs this is of lunch. chicken. Eat your normal lunch. Yeah, two and a half liters of water and one liter of juice. So it says, even though he had eaten lunch two hours earlier, he agreed <laughs> and he ate. Mm. And apparently he finished the sadza, failed to finish the chicken, oh, no. but he ate over two, he ate over two kgs. Mm. Uh, and uh, he didn't have the lacto. Oh, no. Because it's not Dairy Bot Lacto. That's what he's oh, saying. okay. He's sponsored by Dairy Bot. No, no. He just, that's the one that he likes. <laughs> he, sa- he says, he says, 
I don't have a wife. I stay with my brother. I'm shocked. Dad, what a shocking development. <laughs> How could this be? <laughs> so look, this is hilarious. If you'd seen the video, my man's is sweating and the H Metro no. team is dabbing his head as he Yo, sweats while he eats this two kgs of salad. My sandwich. man is not even halfway through the meal and he's catching the meat sweats like Joy Tribbiani on that episode of, of the Thanksgiving <laughs> of Thanksgiving on Friends. <sighs> Guys, the problem is when you when you lie, sometimes it's easy to prove the lie. It catches up with you. It catches up with you. So I guess look, um the if you if you open up your social media and you see some references to this big man who eats a lot of food and that's where it all came from. And it's frankly it's ridiculous because his meal plan doesn't make sense. Not in the sense of wow, he eats so much. It's just like bro, it makes sense. Dad. It's we know you're lying. It's actually so annoying, man. I really want us I want better for us. You know what I mean? I want better for us, Phil. I want better for us as a nation. As a people. As a people. Things that should trend mm. and things that are... <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. No. Um, no, wait. Before we move my on. My TT's I've in got, jail. I've got to load up. Hold on, Dan. Hold on. I've got to load this up. Hold on, Dan. Hold on. I've got to load this up. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Mandy Papasoroso. Down. Yeah. So how much time do you spend in the toilet, okay? Uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> I want better for us. I want better for us as a nation. I want us to be entertained by better. It's okay to have brainless, mindless entertainment. It's okay. But we can do better. My man is saying he spends 90 minutes to two hours every day out of my gym. Where so explain to me like in between eating two kgs of rice and two kgs of chicken and two hours on the toyas and you still need to at least get six hours of sleep. Where is he finding the time to work out? I'm I'm very confused. Philip, it's lies. <laughs> no, I it's lies. <laughs> These are the fun lies. Also, baby. it's not very entertaining. It's like not. It's like, like, why? It's not, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean. Anyway. Yeah, guys, um, the look at Dan's face. I'm going to right now. Speaking of annoyances. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I, think I, once, I think I once told this story. The, the two BT bump strikes yeah. again. <laughs> 
I once spoke about my TT on this podcast. Let me remind everyone of it. I didn't recognize or realize that I actually know my TT, mm. aka Felistus. What happened was, some years ago, there was a spot that I used to go for karaoke. Why every once in a while, it was like a restaurant. Uh, the name of it has just escaped me. It's on Third Street. Anyway, it's a restaurant that I used to go, sing karaoke, have dinner. Gigi, I live nearby. We'd have dinner there. On a Friday night, they'd have karaoke. And back before, before the fame, before Instagram lives and Facebook lives and all of that, Felistus used to also go there and sing karaoke. We didn't interact very much, but because we, you know, you're like in a restaurant, someone goes up to sing, the next person goes up to sing. You see each other, you get to know each other. I didn't realize that was her when she got famous and became my TT and all did all these skits and now is whatever, whatever. Until one day, I said, oh, there's my TT. And then she's like, oh, hey, Dan, what's up? I was like, well, how do you know me? It's like, Dan, are you forgetting? Karaoke. I'm like, oh, snap, that was you. Anyway, she's been arrested. Um, this is wild. Okay, this is what she was arrested for. Check this out. So she's, uh, she's been sentenced to nine months in prison. The first sentence is a three-month uh, jail term for defrauding, or, sorry, for defaulting community service in 2015 after there was a domestic violence case. Then she also got sentenced for six months for theft of trusted property. Here's what she did. She hired a car and gave it out as a guarantee for a 10,000 US dollar loan. Scammers gonna I mean, scam eight, bro. I mean, scammers gonna scam eight. <laughs> scammers gonna scam, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, she's got nine months in uh, prison. I'm sure she won't last the full nine months. But, <sighs> my TT is famous for doing ridiculous things. So, the more ridiculous the things she does, the more famous she continues to be. She's not famous for any particular talent. And I don't mean, I don't, I'm not trying to insult her in any way. It's not, uh, what I mean by that is, it's not like she's not, she's not an actor. If if her fame, if her fame was, was, was viable, she'd also not be scamming. I hear you. I hear you. My point is, she's not famous for maybe acting or singing or sport or anything like that. She's famous because she has hijinks on social media that attract a lot of attention. That in itself is a talent, I suppose. But the point is, you have to continue being relevant or continue acting out your talent by doing more and more ridiculous stuff. Like your whole life just becomes what's the next most ridiculous, most crazy, most wild thing I can do. That's how you stay on top. That's why she had all these crazy things, multiple marriages and burning her dress and, you know, beefs with people and having expletive ridden lives. It's just, you have to because you have to stay in the public eye because that's what your air quotes talent is, getting viewers. And she spoke, I think she was quite public about how the fact that she earns hundreds, if not thousands of dollars each time she's live because of the number of views she's had and nah, 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 all of this. So I kind of feel sad by that. And it may, did you watch, did you watch, um, or at least not watch, but see at least a clip. I saw a clip of Piers Morgan interviewing this OnlyFans model on uh, Good Morning Britain or something like, I don't know, in, in, in the UK. I saw like I saw like a yeah I think clip. I saw that yeah. same clip, and I thoroughly dislike Piers Morgan. So I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of it. I I actually thoroughly dislike Piers Morgan and a lot of his views and his very smug way of just dunking on people and whatever. 
Um, but he asked a question which, I mean, I think he asked us some question like, like, yo, like, I'm not saying you, you're not allowed. To, of course, you're allowed to do whatever you want. And you can do whatever you want. But why you were studying law and you decided to go into OnlyFans. It's not like you went into OnlyFans out of desperation. You chose, you decided to go into it. And you're allowed to. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just wondering why. Because most people would think that that's not the right way to go. And I thought that was somewhat a reasonable question because I think it applies to a lot of people like social media notoriety while potentially lucrative, I think most people would somewhat look down on it. When you choose to go down that route, I have to ask like, like why? If you were telling me that you're making millions, okay, fine, I understand. You did it for the money. But clearly you're strapped for cash that you need to take a loan for $10,000 so you had to hire. Clearly you don't, you're not making the money that you need. And I have to, like, it's just, it just feels like, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with society, man. Social media is killing us, man. What are we doing, yo? What are we doing? I think this has always existed in society. It's just more prevalent now because of social media. But there've always been scammers. There's always been people that fake it till they make it. Dead. How many people, quote unquote, business magnates, do we know mm. that are just hot air? The sad, the sad thing is, a lot of them are the ones who get you know successful. I, mean? I, I, I think that's just it is. Yes, and that's part of the conversation we've had. It's just like it's depressing, but like. For me, for example, I don't really like being the limelight. I don't really like pushing myself forward like that. I just like letting my work speak for itself. But I've realized the work doesn't really speak for itself unless you personalize the work. And it's frustrating, but it, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, I'm, I, I get it, but I also don't get it. Anyway, let's move on. Um. Right. So, th- anyway, network is being weird. So I right, think let's, let's gather. Ga- 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 right, so this, uh, there's been a discussion yeah. recently about wedding attire, especially in Zimbabwe. And the reason it came out actually, well, I guess the trigger for this was um, Zodwam Kandla's, Kandla's daughter. Uh, her wedding ceremony was posted on social media, and it seems or looks as if the theme of their attire was West African, Nigerian, maybe Ghanaian. Because uh, this Lobola ceremony that they had, they didn't have a full wedding. They had the Lobola. And at this, at this um, Maroro, you know, ceremony, all the guests were dressed in clearly very West African style attire. And this led to very hot conversations on social media about, is this appropriation? This is not cool. And no, 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 all of that. Um, I would like to start off by saying that personally, I'm not that deeply invested in these kind of conversations, but I want to, I want to build an, uh, an opinion. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak, but I, I, I really do want to say that honestly, honestly, I don't really care that much, but since we're talking about it, let me share my opinion. I would love to hear your opinion as well, Phil, but let me just share mine. Um, I think mm-hmm. every culture has, obviously, Obviously, every culture has deep meaning and rich layers that 
that are behind a lot of what they do, especially things like clothing. Um, and anyone coming from outside the culture will not fully understand the context and the nuance of all the layers and the deep meaning and the richness of that culture. Absolutely. I don't think that means that you shouldn't enjoy or even experience that culture. I think you should. It's just you should come into it being aware that, listen, there's stuff here that I don't get and it will probably take me a lifetime to get because these these uh, aspects and facets of that culture have been built up over generations. I don't think that should stop you. So for example, wearing clothing from another culture. I don't believe you're not allowed to wear clothing from another culture. I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I think cultures, once you discover another culture, it's, I think it's a, a good part of the human experience to actually like, what, what do other cultures do? How do they wear things and whatever. But I think it's also incumbent on you whenever you're going to borrow from another culture to educate yourself as best you can. So ultimately what I'm saying is I don't think it's that deep to wear clothes from another culture. I don't think it's like, oh my God, you've created a great sin. Of course, other people feel differently, but that's just my opinion. Um, I do think that it's, it's probably a good idea if you are going to wear West African clothing or Nigerian clothing or Ghanaian clothing or whatever the case is, it's probably a good idea to understand like, oh, in that culture, what does this clothing entail or mean or whatever? But I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing clothing from another culture and saying, wow, that looks beautiful. I would love to try it out. As long as you respect to a certain extent, for example, you wouldn't wear clothing that is traditionally worn as funeral clothing to a joyous occasion. I mean, you know, just out of respect, you would want to try and respect the elements of that culture. But as a general rule, I think people overdo the whole cultural appropriation conversation. That's my own personal opinion. That having been said, I've seen it quite popular now, especially in a lot of Zimbabwean weddings. And you know, we're now at the age full where a lot of our age mates have been getting married or recently got married and so on. And I've seen a lot of those weddings have clearly not Zimbabwean, but African style clothing. I don't look at it and think you're culturally appropriating, but maybe the people from that culture feel that way. I just think it's important to just be aware and show some level of respect. But at the same time, I don't think it's that big a deal. That's my opinion. Hmm. I, I totally missed this, so I don't know, don't care. Couldn't care less. <laughs> don't care at all? Not kept Dan. So, so let's let's say let's say really let's say Phil and I know this is currently not in your horizon, but let's say a huge mental shift, and you are now ready to get married, and your wife to be says, you know what, I don't want us to go the Europe Eurocentric route and have a, a a tuxedo and a white gown. I want us to go with that's why I'm marrying her. And she says, I want us to marry. I want us to wear. You wear. Ghanaian something something I'm going to wear Nigerian something something and a close friend of yours says nah man that's cultural appropriation what would your response be is that close friend Nigerian yeah mm, I don't know <sighs> it can't really be that deep yes. right that, I, I don't I, I don't think I don't think you understand how yeah no that's, that's kind of why I also put a disclaimer <laughs> like, like I thought I would share an opinion but honestly like Really, guys? Really? You know? Unless you're telling me that you wore, uh, like, this is the this is the ceremonial robe that is worn by the 
the the special person who deals with the you know then okay fine look okay maybe there might be a little bit of overstepping and whatever but like you know like come on guys is it really that deep like honestly honestly is it really that deep like you know I don't think so no it's not all right moving on we're on Gaga Ga. um did you watch the Champions League final sorry I missed that did I watch what the Champions League final Yes, indeed. I did watch the Champions League and uh, I had the privilege of, uh, Faz actually invited me. He had a spare ticket to uh, um, the Heineken screening of it. And um, honestly, it wasn't a great game. But <sighs> Pep Guardiola has won the treble. He won the FA Cup, Premier League and the Champions League. Huge achievement. And I, I really like the style of football that Manchester City plays. And I find myself also thinking like, yo, imagine if we had had that Arab money invested into our club and we had bought KDB and Gundogan and we got Pep Guardiola as a manager. But here's my thing. It's like, wow. Okay, so... Your team has a ton of money, so you hired the best coach in the world, arguably. You bought, arguably, the best players in the world in each position. Arguably, of course. There's a few that, that that's not the case. But in general, you use the money that you had to buy the best players in the world in each position. Then over years, you made sure you had the best facilities, the best backup team. And now you've won all the competitions. <laughs> that feels kind of empty to me, man. Like in the end, you know what I mean? Do you get what I mean? Like in the moment, it's dope. It's amazing. Imagine, imagine if freaking, I don't know. Imagine if Elon Musk decides to buy Liverpool and he's like, screw it. I've got 40 billion to spend. I'm going to buy Jude Bellingham in midfield. I'm going to buy Erling Haaland. I'm going to buy everyone. I'm going to throw such sick money in front of everyone that they can't refuse it. Now I have the best team in the world. And then you win all. You, and then, not only that, we're going to hire the best manager. Who's the best manager in the world? Is it, is it Pep? Pep, he has a billion dollars. You're now coming to manage Liverpool. And then Liverpool wins all three this season. The next season, it wins the quadruple. The following season, it wins the quadruple. Are you still going to be that passionate and interested in football? It's going to feel... Yes, Dan, I am. You're such an Arsenal fan. Jesus Christ. Hey, you Arsenal fans are insufferable. No, hear me out, Phil. You choked. Don't get me. Get yeah, over we, it, we choked. It's okay. I hear you. You're, you're telling me, Phil, honestly, honestly, if you just bought the best coach and bought all the best players and then won everything, you would feel like, yeah, damn, Liverpool's my team, yo. Dan, it's all made up. It's, it's a of game. Of course it's all made man. up. That's, that's the point. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, it's all made yes, up. Phil, no one cares. Oh, no, they do care. Phil, if you, it, your, your analogy is exactly, if you play a game, your favorite, your favorite game, and you enter a cheat code to play as God mode. So you can't be defeated. You just win everything. Are you going to have the same amount of fun as someone who dies 13 times before they defeat the final boss? <clears throat> then you're, also, this hypothetical means that... Do you know any Manchester City fans? Because I don't. In fact, I know one. In my whole life, I've only met <laughs> one Manchester City fan. All the Manchester City fans I know are young because they've only started supporting or watching football now. And it's fine. I, I wouldn't have thought about it if it wasn't for the fact that the Qatari are buying Manchester United. And at first I thought, damn, man, these guys going to have so much money, man. 
They're going to buy all the best players, man. And then they're going to hire the best coach. Then they're going to win everything. Mm. Then they're going to win everything again. Then they're going to win everything again. Then they're just going to buy the best. At some point, are you not going to be like, yo, this kind of feels empty, man. You're playing the game on God mode. You've entered the cheat codes. You can't be defeated. You can't be hurt. And you've defeated the final boss. Ha <laughs> ha, that was so much fun. Was it? At, in the mo- at first. You know, yeah. the, you know what the funny thing is? The funny thing is, in the past 16 months, Stan Kroenke has won three championships. Just won two days yep. ago, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Rush, and the St. Louis Rams. It could have been four. But that's not Look, the thing is, to me, that is, that's so, so cool. Crying. Because, yes, he spent money, but nowhere close to Manchester City. I was actually looking, like, since 2008, Manchester City money spent on players and, and stuff blows every other team out of the water. The only other team that comes close is Manchester United. But it's still billions out. Of course, of course they're winning. Of course they're winning the treble, man. Now that Newcastle is owned by the Saudis, they've done well this season. Next season, they're going to do a little bit better, maybe. The following season, they're going to do a bit better. At some point, they're just going to win everything. And then it's going to be Manchester City versus Newcastle. That's what it's going to be in a couple of years. Manchester City versus Newcastle. So, don't get me wrong. Manchester United, um, um, I, I, get, I get the excitement of suddenly having huge pockets to buy the best players in the world. Great. The next couple of seasons are going to be exciting. What's going to happen after five, six, seven years? If indeed Manchester United gets taken over by the Qataris and now you have unlimited money. So essentially what we're going to have is we're going to have three teams with unlimited money. Manchester City, Newcastle, and Man United. So every transfer window is just going to be the best players in the world. It's those three teams bidding. And then everyone else is like, okay, no, we're going to have this academy prospect. Oh my God, we're going to keep him until he's 22. But by then he's really good. So he's obviously going to get bought by the richer clubs. And that sucks, bro. And that's not even getting into sports washing and, and human rights. and all. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about like, you know, the, I, I would love some, like there has to be an element of competitiveness. I want Manchester United to get better and Liverpool to get dope and Chelsea also to get dope. And obviously I don't want them to, but I kind of want them to. So if there's an element of competitiveness, this season we did it next season with someone else the following season. You know what I mean? It makes it fun and interesting and exciting on a long-term basis. It's not, if you genuinely are a Manchester City fan, like if you're a Manchester City fan from before the money, I can't imagine that right now football is exciting for you. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's poverty mindset speaking. Anyway, ga, ga, ga. So Pro Beats hooked up with Ja Praiser for a song called uh, Munengwe. Now, we managed to hear a snippet of that song at uh, King Kandoro's live show. So uh, we're going to end the show with that one. But in the meantime, there's a couple of other songs. Uh, I haven't heard any of the, I've heard the St. Flo Delroy share with Blackson, uh, ATC song called Fambay Neni. Uh, it's okay. Probably not great enough. Not good enough to like play. That's fine. What do you think of it? Mm. So yeah, nah, I think it's fine. I think I think at this point we can thank our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting <laughs> us. We're gonna have another hangout next week. Um, so shout out to y'all. Uh, we'll, we will update you in the group. Thank you to everyone who listens to the show. Please, please, if you can, just share this with your friends. Um, have them um, listen. Have them subscribe. Have them download it. And if you can, please share with a friend and then let us know. And then obviously reach out to us on the socials. 
Um, we're, we're trying to shift things around a little. We're shifting things more to our personal pages than the 2BD page, especially since we don't even know if Twitter's going to be around in a couple of weeks because things are going bad over there. But but yeah, man, be sure to reach out to us. And also, if you would like to remain in touch with us outside of becoming a patron, the only thing, the simplest thing you can do rather, is just head on over to our email newsletter page. So twobugtrimbles.com forward slash sign up and you can sign up for a newsletter. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Danny, that guy, and Phil Chard. And yeah, thank you guys so much. And please keep cyberbullying Dan so he comes yeah, up. Yeah, don't forget twobroketimbos.com forward slash donate if you want to sign up to be a Patreon subscriber. We've had some great, great interactions with our Patreon group. Uh, actually, this week was very interesting. We had great conversations in there. Uh, one of our Patreon members was able to attend the Beatenberg concert out in, uh, was that in Jermaine? Sagaropa. Eh? Yeah, yeah Ropa, please make sure that uh, we're going to have a review of that, but it's only going to be in the Patreon group. Um, there's also been discussions in there about uh, other things, uh, including um, someone calling me out for my pronunciation of Bulawai. Apparently, I was very like, uh, not great with that pronunciation. Mm. I will double down and I'm now going to say Harari. Anyway, all these great conversations and so on are going on in our Patreon group. It's not a spam group. I promise we don't just send random memes. If you want to be part of that group, all you got to do is spend at least $5 a month through Patreon to be an exclusive Two Broke Timbos, two broke Twimbos patron. So go to twobroketimbos.com uh, forward slash uh, donate. You don't, if you don't want to be part of that group, that's also fine too. If you just want to support us, just go through there. So, uh, send at least $5. More than $5 is also very welcome. Uh, and the, ben- the real benefit, of course, is knowing that you're supporting your favorite podcast. All right, we're going to end the show then uh, with one brand new song coming through from Pro Beats featuring Ja Prazer. It's called Munengwe. Uh, apart from that, we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Two Broke Twimbo signing out. We out. Hey, <laughs> young D, you got that. Zimengu and no Shingaida, much a better way to work on the big Iraduro, as in Dingori, Paya Paya Banga Genare Guche Ganyama, Story one never could never go for your mumbe, Neukuzo, Para Para. Chino baya chiki, onari no nyura munyama, onari no cheka wasikana, banga ire Chino baya chiki, onari no nyura munyama, onari no cheka wasikana, banga ire Pane chiro chandaona, chino pinda chero pakaoma, chowra ya zetaona, chine mere mere ya kaoma Ndiputzike ni muke, watzimu wangu mundi ambuti, nijeke kanya matiche Ya makushe ukuta undura In 
mafuta ndo garandi chinguru tanaka guta Mimba haipini kusuru, kushanda kutaka zururu Zinuda kufunza munduru Kuvirengira higururu rengua basiri no hiri hidambi